Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. It's 2018, and no, we didn't give up. Mark finally came back from holiday and we're going to finally get started again with the podcast. How's it going, Mark? Are you timed on everything? It's going good. Yeah, I'm finally over my jet lag. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's been definitely a slow start of the year. I've actually checked the first podcast that came out last year. That was January 4th. We're recording this on January 19th. So yeah, I think we need a break though. We had a long year. And if you want to hear about everything we did last year, we've actually done a podcast at the end of last year where you can hear a little about that. So I'm not going to go over that, etc. But normally we should be back to the usual schedule, which is one podcast every week. So if you've been missing the podcast, if you're wondering where we were, we should be back every week now. And we're going to start with a, a vanilla topic, you know, a topic that we've done. I can't believe I say that every year because like, it's like the, the third time we do that podcast now. And that definitely means that Tori Hacker is getting older because like it still feels like kind of a new thing to me, but it's been a while now, I guess. And we're going to talk about just the Atari site model in 2018. So we've been doing that as the first podcast every year that came and try to kind of like update not only like what changed in the industry. So we're going to talk about like that, but we're also going to talk about how our approach has changed towards the whole model and like how we take that thing when we start a brand new site these days. And we started a new one in like September, October. So like we have done like every year we kind of have new projects coming in. And they're all like, you can definitely see the slide in the view of the model when you actually look at the websites. And I think that's important to actually update you guys on like how we do these things and how we change things and how we change our vision. And that's essentially what we're going to do now. So we're going to first go over the very basics on like what review is an authority site. So if it's the first time that you are tuning in on the podcast and you're wondering what we do and so on, it's a great podcast to listen to. And I'm probably going to put that podcast on the what is an authority site page on Authority Hacker. So if you're on that page, just listen to that. And after that, we'll go through the changes, both in the industry and what we think they are. So I'll actually let you talk a little bit, Mark, and I'll let you explain in your eyes what is an Authority site. Yeah. So first and foremost, the show notes for this show will be available on authorityhacker.com slash 2018-2018. So any links and stuff we're talking about, you can find all that sort of resources in there. But what is an authority site? So it's kind of an extension of what you may have heard of being like a niche site or being referred to as a niche site many, many years ago. When we first started this sort of authority site business, the term authority site was very rarely used, actually. And back in the day, it w- with the previous like SEO... Can you stop tech- saying like back in the day, a long time ago, etc., because I feel old right now? <laughs> you are old. <laughs> So back in the day when I were a lad, it used to be very simple to throw up a simple 10-page website and do a bunch of gray hat links to it and rank that site for a number of money keywords and, and make some money off of it. And it was quite a popular strategy to have dozens or sometimes even hundreds of these kind of sites running. In more recent years, and I'm talking maybe from sort of like 2012 onwards, it's been increasingly difficult to rank thin sites like that just because of a number of Google algorithm updates and a general sort of shift towards higher quality sites. Now, 
so since then, basically, in order to establish yourself as an authority in a space, you needed to have more of sort of like a bit more clout. So a bit more, in fact, a lot more clout. So a lot more kind of like high quality content. You really need to go in depth. You really need to know what you're talking about. You need to stand out from everyone else, as well as having all the you know nice links and whatnot as well. I think that's coming from the evolution of the internet. You know, it's like back then, I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, <laughs> it's like people had no idea what they were doing on the internet. And it's like any trash website would do for the information we're looking for. Also, there was a lot less pages on the internet and a lot less information available. So you kind of took what you found. Whereas now, there's, the quality is so high for everything. Even when it comes to like operating systems, you know, like look at how phones looked like five, six years ago. It was horrible. And now it's like super nice and clean. So if your site looks like trash on a very fancy iOS device, it's going to be quite bad actually. So if you are looking at a really bad looking website in like plain HTML, the CSS is broken, the menu just goes all over the content, etc. A little bit like what House Ambition, our case study site looks like now, it's being redesigned by the way. Then the trust of people is much lower these days than it used to be when, when these operating system and design standards for anything that was on the screen were much, much lower. So not only do you need high quality information because people can find a lot of high quality information because there's more that's been written over the years. But most importantly, it also needs to look the part and needs to look trustworthy because as soon as you land on a site that's like not on par with what is expected, then the barrier goes up and then any kind of like monetization, recommendation for buying stuff, etc., is not taken as seriously as if it was looking the part. Yeah, I, I think it's worth sort of like giving the perspective from uh, someone who doesn't really know much about online marketing as well. And I think something you said a while ago, Gail, was that like most companies build a business around a product or an idea. So, you know, someone comes up with like a, a new kind of phone or a car or a, whatever it may be, and then they build a company around that that product. With an authority site, it's kind of doing it in the reverse. So you you pick a topic or you pick like a subject. In the case of health ambition, it would be health. In the case of authority hacker, it would be building growing websites, authority hacking, that kind of stuff. And then you, you essentially build your business around that. So the content which you're creating and the value you're adding towards that like community is essentially forms the core of what, what you're doing. And then you can find monetization channels later on. Yeah, it it kind of creates an audience that you can talk to and then you can sell them products that are relevant to them based on like what you've been writing about. So when we write about building websites, well, you know, you we know you guys are kind of interested in building websites, so we can promote things that are related to building websites. And that can be hosting offers, that can be courses, that can be anything like that. And so it allows us to essentially build multiple models. So like on one end, for example, and I'm taking the example of Authority Hacker because you're probably on that website right now. You know about that site. We recommend tools and we get paid affiliate commissions for that. We have a bit of an affiliate business going. We are not doing it, but we could be selling sponsored content or anything like that. If a tool company or an agency wanted to be featured on the site, we could sell that feature into them. Obviously, disclosing that this has been a sponsored placement. We are not doing it, so you won't find an Authority Hacker. But if we did, we could do that. We sell courses, for example, so that's another business. One day we might do live events and or conferences or whatever. That may be another side of the business. Essentially, it's all revolving around that core topic and audience. So the content builds the audience, then the audience 
you essentially survey them, see what can be helping them within that topic that you've been writing about, and you build multiple businesses on top. And what's really nice is like every time you launch a new type of business on that site, you don't need to start from scratch. You already have the audience, you already have these Google rankings, you already have all of that. So um, if we launched a new course on Atari Hacker, it would be very easy to just promote that to the existing audiences. In that case, we have their email address. We have the Facebook retargeting audiences. We have, you know, we know people are subscribed to our RSS feed. So if we publish something, we get some exposure to them, et cetera, et cetera. So, and I think from a, like a sort of higher level, we have that trust in the audience or the audience. Always everyone. Yeah. From some, from some people. It's like, yeah, we've been giving value through the podcast, through the content, et cetera, to some people that appreciate it and then just take what we say more seriously next time than just if they just found the website on Google. So the core of what like inherently gives our business value is our authority. Yeah. Um, so it's not a single product. It's not a single blog post. It's not... It's not even our website. It's our overall. Authority. It's the audience reach, actually. Yeah. The audience reach and the trust that the audience has in the website. And we don't just do that in online marketing, right? We're talking about online marketing now because that's the most immediate example that you can look at right now. But for example, there's a website. If you listen to us for the first time, there's a website we have that's called Health Ambition that we literally shared since day one that we are a authority hacker with the audience. So you can go and check it out, healthambition.com. It's one of our websites. It is in the process of being redesigned. So if you check it as we release that podcast, honestly, we're not very happy with the branding right now and we are changing everything. Hopefully it's going to look a lot more 2018 because that site is like four, five years five, old. Something it's five like years old now. Yeah. In fact, I think it was five years yesterday <laughs> that we started it. Yeah. So it's a six-figure six figure, yeah, website that's been going for a long time. If you add up all the money it's made over the years, it's like a lot of money, you know? And it's a, it's a good example because we like actually to not teach by taking the online marketing example. So I guess that one was a bit of a counter example, but by actually showing examples in like consumer niches and sites that you might actually be building. So Health Mission is, is an example. We have more websites. We have one that we share, another one that we share in the authority site system, as a, which is one of our premium trainings that we you literally see us build. But we actually run a portfolio of sites in consumer niches. And all the principles we talk about in this podcast, in the blog, et cetera, do not just apply to the online marketing. It just sometimes we take it as an example because that's the website you might know the best from us, essentially. So, Mark, why are authority websites so attractive? Why shouldn't I buy a bunch of Bitcoins instead? <laughs> well, if you're asking me this a year ago, perhaps you should have bought Bitcoin instead. But uh, as there was just a big crash the other day, I'm, I'm not quite sure what my advice would be on that front this year. However, um, <laughs> authority sites, why are they so good? I mean, let's be honest, the reason most people are here first and foremost is because they can provide you with an income. When I first got into to doing this stuff, way before it was even like considered an authority site, I'm not going to lie, there are other reasons as well, but to make money, to quit my job, that was kind of a, a big motivating factor. And in our Facebook groups, the Authority Hacker Pro group, for example, I've seen quite a few people in the last year and one a couple of weeks ago talk about quitting their jobs. And it's a bit of a long slog to get there. This isn't like a get rich quick scheme or anything like that, but... 
you can definitely. Yeah, most make... people take like a year to quit their job or something. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen people do it faster, but that's, that's I think the exception rather than the rule. Anyway, the the point is that authority sites can make you quite a lot of money. In fact. And one of the reasons why it's so good is because a lot of what you're doing, a lot of the income and income generation processes can be automated. So right now on Health Ambition, if someone searches for some kind of health topic, they land on one of our blog posts, they click on one of the links there that takes them to Amazon, an affiliate link, and they buy that product from Amazon, we get a commission. That doesn't require any active work from us to do. That happens 24 7 365 even as we sleep and it's quite nice that's yeah. possible you know <laughs> not only does it mean that we don't have to actively work on like an hourly basis to make money as we used to do when gail and you and i had our, our agency and we'd bill our clients per month to do or per hour to do work for them we can build something and then that keeps making us money as we're building more pages or more categories or more websites so that's really the beauty in this in this business model. You can start very quickly to uh, to build an asset in that way, and you can grow that asset. You can hire other people. You can leverage your time, and you can really grow the income quite substantially. You can even sell that website in in future. And we've seen quite a few authority hacker members uh, sell their sites recently. A lot of them getting sort of thirty, forty times monthly income in terms of like high six figure numbers usually yeah like usually that's the range yeah and it's it's really 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 good to get there's not many jobs or professions that people can go into they really have that opportunity to have six seven figure exits like that uh you tend to think of uh you know like companies like whatsapp or snapchat or whatnot being sold for billions of dollars and you know that's very attractive but the number of people who do who who have such like tech startups uh with such crazy exits are few and are you know very very few compared to the number of people who fail i think the number of people who get into authority site building who have successful exits or you know run their sites successfully consistently the percentage success rates much higher it tends to be the people who are successful are not necessarily lucky or you know have any special gifts it's just they stick it out and they figure things out and and they get there i think it's a very achievable thing for anyone really listening to this that you know it does take work though i think it's important to say that it's like it's not something that's like you're just gonna work on it like an hour a day and it's fine especially at the beginning you need to put a little bit more time than that yeah if if you make this your life in two or three years you know you can easily have a six-figure business on your hands easily Uh, yeah i wanted to add as well on the on the startup exit that you take also one thing to notice is like startups huge tech startups get sold for like a lot of money but the founders tend to not get that much money usually because the vcs get paid because like they had to give shares to their employees etc and in the end like I'm not saying that you're making as much money saying on a toy site, but you're not like you're probably making like 25 to 30 percent of what a startup founder makes in many cases, you know? Yeah, and the chance of success is just so much higher as well. Yeah, that's what I like as well. Is like the the automation. It's like sometimes it's a lot of work. Sometimes I'm frustrating with like bugs in WordPress, like on the site, etc. And there is a lot of sites to like building that that kind of stuff that you need to learn and learn the quirks, etc. But when you wake up and you see these emails of like, oh, you've made a commission or you've sold 
an ebook or you sold something like that, etc. And you're like, oh, the day starting good, etc. It's actually really cool. And basically, every business model can be automated. So we tend to divide business models into three parts. One is affiliate revenue, which is selling other people's products and getting a commission for it. So you can automate affiliate by, for example, writing blog posts about these products, about the problem the products solve. Have them rank in Google. People find these, click the click on the article, read it, click towards the product, and buy. Uh, and we can also do that by like identifying behaviors in our email list and send promos based on that. Definitely something that's going to happen more notoriously hacker this year. Retargeting as well works really well for us. Advertising, selling advertising on your site can be automated. We do that on healthambition.com, for example. You won't see ads on Atari Hacker, but on healthambition, definitely. We started using a service called adstrive.com, which essentially is 100% managed ad service for you, and they have the best results we've ever had with advertising. And all I had to do is install their plugin, and that's it. I didn't have anything to do, so that can be automated. Selling goods and services can be automated. It's a little bit more work to set it up. Essentially, you build what we call sales funnels, and you can automate. You can do all sorts of crazy stuff. We use things like Evergreen Scarcity, Evergreen Promos, etc. And we talk in depth about these all these things in podcasts from last year. So if you're interested in us diving deeper in these things, I would recommend you go through the podcast feed and you actually find this, this essentially at least a podcast for each topic that I just mentioned. But what I find is interesting is because these things are automated, you don't need to actually spend the most part of your day in just maintaining things and just like essentially producing work to pay the bills, which means that well, I mean, essentially, there's two choices for people that start websites and that make, let's say, a living income, which can come pretty quick. A lot of people tend to like make enough money, pay the bills and work a lot less than maybe they should. And essentially, when you're paying your bills and you don't need to work, it's like the motivation drops a lot for a lot of people. And otherwise, what you can do is you can spend a lot of your working time on growing. And that means that, you know, you see your revenue curve essentially compound over time. It's kind of like compound interest. When you put your money in your saving account at the beginning, it doesn't look so great. But when you've been putting money every month for like 10 years or something, it starts looking quite good when you get interest revenue. That's kind of the same thing. That essentially brings a lot of motivation. However, it's the same downsides apply as the saving account. It's like the first months you're like, well, I could use that money and have fun. I'm going to have to put in my saving account. Not very, not very cool, but later you kind of enjoy it. It works kind of the same way for authority sites. So it's kind of a long-term game and you get a lot of benefits in a compound way. We like they increase over time. Like right now, Mark and I were like, we're doing pretty well, but the first year was not necessarily the, the best one. And the thing is like, we didn't have us now to actually help us out. So we had to figure out everything ourselves, which was a little bit, probably took a little bit more time than it would take if we had to, if we actually had the material we produce now to build our site. Yeah. And the, other, the last thing I'd say really is it's actually a lot of fun. I mean, this obviously depends on your definition of fun. If you're maybe like an outdoorsy person or something, you might not like sitting at your computer till 3 a.m. trying to figure out what broke your WordPress site. But for me, at least, I think my the different types of tasks I work on every day, I find it quite enjoyable. I mean, there's definitely some which are less enjoyable than others, but I think overall, I'm, I'm quite sort of satisfied with... Uh, what's your favorite thing to do and what's your least favorite thing to do? My favorite thing to do is build processes. So it's to like think about how we're doing something and kind of like systematize it and then optimize it and like make it as super efficient as possible. That's I love doing that. My least favorite thing to do, anything regarding design, just because oh I'm so bad at it. Thank God you don't but like it. But this is one of the things, like if you don't like something, 
there are plenty of people you can hire or you can work with who can do that task. Like nobody likes doing accounting unless you're an accountant, I presume, and even some of them probably not. But if you don't want to do it yourself, you don't want to figure that out, what do you do? You hire an accountant, takes care of all that for you. And a lot of that is possible with uh, in authority sites. It's not to say that you can just outsource everything because... If Especially it, now the beginning, like some of these tasks would be expensive when you don't make a lot of money. So yeah. I think you definitely have to touch a little bit of everything at the beginning. And that's what makes it interesting, though. It's like if you're the kind of person that hates repetitive work, I mean, obviously, you need to write more than one blog post, right? Otherwise, it's not going to work. So th- there is definitely tasks that need to be repeated and processes, etc. However, the diversity is massive and it keeps your brain entertained in, in, in a lot of aspects. And uh, it's a lot less boring than if you had a job and you just had one of these processes that you had to take care of for your job and you never see the rest. You kind of like get that global vision, you set your goal, and then you get to touch a little bit of everything. Design, accounting, writing, editing, monetization, and so on. And if you're entertained by like complex systems or if you're like, if you're like someone that's like liking very complex TV shows, that kind of stuff, stuff that really emulates your brain, mm-hmm. it, kind of, it kind of feels the same to me, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And overall, I think it's just, it's a lot of fun to do this. You get a tangible, real reward at the end of the day. You see the results of your actions. You know, you're kind of in control of, of everything you're, you're doing most of the time, at least. There are a few downsides to it. That's not to say it's for everyone. It does require a bit of, or quite a lot of kind of staying power. And there's a lot of people who drop off three feet from the gold, so to speak. But if you stick around and you want to get it done, I think this is is a great opportunity for a lot of people. Even in 2018, you know, when I first got into this in 2009, 2010, people were saying, oh, you know, all the good niches are taken. You know, you can't start a new site now. That wasn't true then. That's not true now. So, yeah. Would you start again in 2018? Of course. Like if you had nothing, if you had a thousand dollars, what would you do? I mean, if I wanted to get into this, I would get into it for sure. If you don't have enough money to pay your rent, then I would I would not suggest starting an authority. Or I mean, you can start it, but I would suggest securing some kind of like sustenance sustenance income in the meantime. Get a job on Upwork or freelance, write some articles, that kind of stuff. And the benefit of doing something like that is you also gain relevant experience in uh, in the online marketing space as well. So, would you recommend people actually acquire a skill related to this? Get a job from this and then start a site? I mean, if you have limited resources, like financially, then absolutely. Yeah, that's what you should do. You know, a lot of people, they have a like a full-time regular job, corporate job kind of thing. And then they do this kind of in the evenings and the weekends and their regular job, the money they make from that sustains them and gives them a bit of budget to start their site. Not that it's that expensive to start a site, but kind of keeps them going in the meantime if you have no money you're unemployed all that kind of stuff you know make sure you got a roof over your head before you start hiring writers obviously uh, yeah we did start our agency when i was sleeping on your floor though that's true yeah <laughs> you had a roof over your head <laughs> yeah i guess i guess i was walking on the same floor as well actually yeah uh, yeah okay I, I mean i think that's interesting because that's basically telling me that you need to have either skills or money is to go well and to, to increase your chances. So if you don't have money, then acquire one skill. And I, if you ask me which skill you should acquire for this, is actually link building. And we've written a lot about link building, so go on the blog, check it out. I'm pretty sure you can secure a link building job just reading our blog without bragging too much, a little bit still. But 
yeah, I would probably pick up a skill like that. Try to pick up freelance jobs, even like agencies hire like full-time positions, etc. I know Eric, I know uh, Perrin's brother, who Perrin writes the blog on Atari Hacker, essentially did that and did quite well for himself. And now he's like starting his own projects and doing some cool stuff, etc. But picking up that skill was cool because now he doesn't need to outsource a large part of it. It doesn't cost a lot of money. And he also has experience running digital marketing in general. So essentially... It's not too hard to secure either some skills into it or some money to get started. And I think it definitely wasn't in our notes, but I think it was an interesting topic. Sure, sure. Um, Should we move on to the different stages of authority sites as you you created them? Yeah, okay. I mean, I didn't create them. I just identified. (laughs) I mean, I I identified. The model is what you created. Yeah, exactly. But like, I didn't really invent the whole thing. So essentially, we like, the way we tell people, is a good way to start. And that's not like the only way to be successful in that. That's just a way that we show that has been proven to be successful for a lot of people. And we've been very creative with the names. We've been calling them stage one, stage two, and stage three. And it's been a pretty efficient path for people to make five or six figures a month. Essentially, stage one, we try to be very tight on the scope of the website and keep things simple. We assume that stage one is also going to be a phase where you're going to acquire a lot of skills, a lot of knowledge, and just get acclimated with online marketing, especially if you're new at this. Or even if you've been reading for a while but not actually doing that stuff, you'll discover a lot doing. So we focus on one traffic source, which is SEO. SEO stands for search engine optimization, which means essentially ranking pages on Google. So people type keywords and they find your content for that keyword. And the monetization we use is affiliate marketing. So we tend to start with Amazon, but I'm going to emit some reserves about Amazon a little bit at the end of the podcast when we talk about the 2018 trends. But essentially, we tell people to write content that is recommending products for certain situations. For example, what are the best sunglasses when there is when you go in the Sahara or whatever? Obviously, terrible keyword in that case. But you get the idea. A specific situation, a specific type of product people are searching for, this kind of stuff. And you can recommend products, people click through, you get paid a commission for this. Despite the fact that it's been a very, very popular format in 2017, there is still a lot of niches that are wide open. Every time I end up doing a webinar to the audience, I actually market research a new niche to actually make it a little bit different. And every time I tend to find niches that are like wide open. Last time I did fishing and I was like, wow, that's actually very easy. I could probably get into that. Hopefully not like a hundred Fishing sites start from that, but it was a good niche. So that's stage one, essentially. And stage one, the goal is you can buy your time back. You don't need a job anymore. You can make a few thousand dollars per month. You don't need a job anymore. And you can focus on that thing and grow it to the next level to get into what we call stage two. Stage two usually is all about building audiences. So that's going to be email list. That's going to be social following. That's going to be push notification list. That's going to be retargeting audiences, all of that. And then using these audiences and be able to promote products to them. So usually you promote different types of products. Like you don't promote Amazon to your email list. First of all, it's not allowed by Amazon. But second of all, Amazon pays you like two, three, four, five, six percent of whatever product you sell. And usually it's it's not a ton per product. It just works when you have volume. With email lists, you tend to promote products that maybe like courses or stuff like that that pay higher commissions. Some products can pay sometimes hundreds of dollars of commissions when you promote them. And so promoting these products to people, to an audience, can really rise your revenue. And so when your goal becomes growing these audiences, the content you create is a little bit different. You don't need to talk just about products in your content. You can actually focus on talking about things like 
questions that people have. So like Perrin had a doc site called hiphop.com. And, you know, one of his very popular articles was, what can my dog eat? So can my dog eat bananas? Can my dog eat peanuts? Can my dog eat whatever? Only, it's only information. You can't really sell bananas or peanuts to people. So what he was doing is he was monetizing with advertising. So when you create that kind of content to collect emails, essentially, and get that traffic to your site, you can also monetize with advertising. So you are going to rebalance your content towards more like shareable content, answering general questions, et cetera, et cetera. So it's also going to shift the type of content you create. And then when you get to stage three, essentially it's like the, the final boss, which adds a lot of new things. Essentially it's swapping the affiliate offers that you're promoting to your audience with your own products. And so that can be your own courses, your own physical products, everything that you've been doing affiliate for, you can jump onto doing essentially e-commerce and courses, et cetera, et cetera. And that comes with many things like building sales funnels, building sales pages, customer service, paid advertising, et cetera, et cetera, and new sources of traffic, new ways of promoting to your email list, and so on. And then you can build essentially a full-blown business. Now, what's important to say about that structure is you don't necessarily have to go through all stages to actually be successful. Some people stay in stage one, just affiliate plus SEO, and make millions of dollars per year. So you kind of, at the end of each pass, you kind of like, hey, do I want to do more of what I've done already? Or do I want to jump to the next stage and, and add different monetization methods, which we call monetization stacking? And the, the metric we're looking at for this kind of stuff is revenue per thousand visitors. That's how we measure the performance of our websites. And or you can just stay where you are and do more of that. So yeah, essentially, I think, that's, I think that's, that's, that's worth worth saying as well. So like you know, you don't have to progress all the way through every stage. You know, you don't have to get to a stage. So yeah, there's plenty of people. I know who are amazing at building stage one or stage two sites. They build, grow the revenue, build the business, build the processes, and then they sell that and they start another one. And like the whole buying, selling, flipping, buy, like starting, growing, like cycle is basically their business model. And it works very well. Yeah, it can work too. The, the, it's like up to you. It's, it's modulized, not like you have to do that. What I would say, though, is the people I know who are making the most money, I'm talking the seven, eight-figure-a-year businesses, they tend to be the stage three sites that have their, their own products and you know really grow kind of that way. So, yeah. Yeah, the ceiling gets higher, but it's also complex, making everything more complex every time you jump to the next stage, you know? Yeah. So it's like you kind of need to ask yourself if you're, if you're ready for it or if you should just do more what you've been doing, etc. It really depends on where you're at with your team, with your budget, with everything and deciding. But that's essentially how we teach people how to build authority sites. And so far, it's been pretty successful. We've had like hundreds of people quit their job, do really well, make a lot of money and hopefully enjoy their lives. So that's essentially the stages we're going for. But like obviously, another dimension that hasn't been mentioned so far is choosing a niche. Choosing a niche is essentially like the topic of your website. There's many things. It's not just choosing one. It's like, how broad do you go? Like, for example, health submission is like health in general, but like, where does health stop? And where does wellness start? You know, for example, a lot of like philosophical questions that we ask ourselves every day, uh, which we're not going to go through. I think maybe that, that should be a podcast, like like refined niche selection, you know, or something. Yeah, I mean, but... the, the short version is there's not really a right answer to that. I mean, uh, if you go to ve like really, really narrow, like, I don't know, like pink pillowcases or something like that, if that's your niche, you're probably not going to be very successful. But if you do 
I don't know, memory foam sleeping, and then that could work. As could sleeping, as could general health and lifestyle. There are pros and cons of, of everything. I think the important thing, and this is certainly something that I ran into when back in the day, <laughs> was there's a some perception that you need to come up with something new and do something that hasn't been done before. Like somehow come up with a business idea or a niche that no one's built a site around yet. And that's probably not going to exist. Tends to be the case that every niche has been at least attempted to be conquered in some way or another. And you shouldn't be worried about competition. In fact, the fact that there are sites there is usually an indicator that it's possible to make money. So if you come across a niche where there are no authority sites, then not definitely, but there's a good chance that that's not really a profitable niche to, to get into. So, you know, it's worth sort of thinking about it from that perspective as well. But the other thing I would say about niche selection is by far the biggest risk to you not succeeding is you giving up. And that tends to happen a little bit less if you're particularly interested in a niche. So, you know, it's also worth considering that if you have a personal interest in a topic or, you know, it's something you really want to learn about, then that can be very beneficial when you're starting out as well. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I tell that a lot to people when we have like one-on-one goals for age pro members. It's like managing yourself is like very, very important, like managing your motivation, etc. And niche selection will change that a lot. But let's talk about something else that I think people will have questions if they're like considering doing that is site tech and site tech technology stack. So first of all, you don't need to be an engineer to build a website these days. It's very simple. You don't even need to know HTML. You don't need to know CSS. It's nice to know them. I'm not going to say it's like, it's nice to be able to like jump in and be able to look at things. But I know many people that don't know anything about HTML, that HTML can't make a link in HTML, but still have websites that make money. So it's possible. We actually have a post on the tech setup for stage one authority sites that is coming up or has been published. I'm not sure. It's like I'm kind of wrapping it up and it's a long guide. There's like 16 videos in it on the blog that's literally being published around the same time as the podcast. So it might be tomorrow or the day after, or it might have been published last week at the time at which we released this podcast. So you should definitely check that blog post if you are interested in SciTech because we give you basically everything. But we use WordPress for all of our sites. It's powering something like 26% of the internet. So that's really not, like it's, it's something that's been proved at this point. It's not really experimental. Hosting, we're using, we recommend to use SiteGround. We don't use SiteGround on Atari Hacker and Health Mission because they are bigger sites. I mean, Health Mission gets like half a million visitors per month and so on. So it's, it's a little bit more of a complex hosting setup. But we've started sites last year using SiteGround and it's done really good. Uh, we're pretty happy with it. The price range is similar to something like Bluehost that you may have seen and so on, but we find the value to be better. We find the sites to be a little bit faster. We find the customer service to be a bit better, etc. So that's the one we recommend if you ask us. In terms of WordPress themes, essentially the appearance of your site is generally is managed by a theme on WordPress. We recommend right now GeneratePress, which is a very lightweight and free WordPress theme. So you can just download it on the WordPress repository or on generatepress.com. It's very good. We like it a lot. But if you want something that's more with like a drag and drop builder feel to actually build your theme, both Thrive Themes and Elementor are working on theme builders right now. So soon you'll be able with to really drag and drop anything anywhere on your site, which is really cool. So if you, I think they're probably going to be released before March, these two things. 
you know, I've asked estimated deadlines to both of them, but they're they're very conservative on giving dates. I believe like March, April is when these things will be out for sure. So if that's something that you can wait until, that's something to consider. And I think for the rest of the tech, I'm just going to leave it up to the actual post that we're doing on Atari Hacker. So check the blog out. There's going to be a link in the show notes as well. So if you go on uh, atarihacker.com slash 2018, we'll put a note, a link to that post because it's relevant. Do you want to talk about content now, Mark? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the content is a like very, very critical part of an authority site, obviously. The fact that this is a blog and the fact that, you know, the first interaction most people have is is a blog post. By, by the way, with content, we don't just mean written blog posts. It can be video. It can be a podcast like one you're listening to right now. An email. Yeah, an email. The fact is, though, that the content is kind of how you communicate your authority to people. So there are various different kinds of, like, if we focus in on blog posts, because you know most people starting a stage one site, maybe they're, they get the blog up. Let's say you figure out all the the hosting, the WordPress stuff, the next thing that comes across tends to be content, right? So when it comes to actually doing content for your site, I'm mostly going to focus on stage one sites now because I'm assume, I'm going to assume that that's what most people do. So that's really the, the beginner site that mostly focus on making affiliate commissions and getting traffic from SEO. We do talk about the other types of content inside Atari Hacker Pro. So whenever we email you about that, check it out. But essentially, you're going to have two types of content. You have what we call info content. And the, the goal of that info content is mostly to actually build links in stage one. And in stage two and three, it's going to be to be generating ad revenue and generating email subscribers. So like, if you go on our site right now, you go on a blog post. That's what we call informational content. Most of the time, unless it's a product review, then you will see like something like a pop-up, an opt-in pop-up show up when you open the blog post. And that's what we use to generate email from email lists, email addresses, sorry, from the visitors. And that allows us to then market to them. So when we release a new podcast, we email it to you. But when we have something to sell, we also email it to you. And that is how we make money from that informational content. If you check House Mission, most of the blog posts are informational content and they have advertising on them. So that's how we make money from it. And as I said, building links as well. So we use that informational content to essentially convince other websites to link to our website. And the reason we do that is because links are very important to rank in Google. So if you want your website to uh, get that traffic in the first place from relevant people who are typing relevant keywords, you want your pages to rank high in Google. And for this, you need links to your website. So that informational content does that. The other type of content that I'm going to talk about right now is monetized content. Essentially, that content is here to make direct sales. So as I said earlier, it's here to answer a question in a specific situation. So like best sunglasses to cross the Sahara is a good one, for example. Probably not a good keyword, so don't write about that. Uh, it's really just an example to give you an idea of what that is. And the way you make money is essentially linking out to either e-commerce products if you are a stage three site and we have a lot of age pro members that do that they have an e-commerce site and it works really well i've heard some of them tell me it was the best marketing effort they've ever done to try to target these keywords in google and link to their e-commerce products but if you don't have an e-commerce you can link to any affiliate offer including amazon and that's very easy and you can make money so Content production in general is a process that you will need to manage ongoingly with your site. It's a good idea to keep producing content to keep getting links because if you don't do that info content, get new links to your site, etc., your competitors will. And what that means is, despite the fact that you're not losing links to your site, because everyone else has more links than you over time, or 
acquire small links over time, you're kind of like decreasing in the rankings. And that means, well, that you will get less and less traffic over time. So there's kind of like an ongoing aspect to that that needs to be managed and that we talk also extensively about in previous podcasts and on the blog. So I think what we're going to do, actually, I'm going to ask Danny in the show notes. Every time I say we have a lot of podcasts and blog posts about it, we're going to put all of these links that we think are relevant to that topic inside the show notes. So you can go on atoryhacker.com slash 2018 and you'll get that. But I think one thing that is interesting to people, and I think we should talk about now, before we even talk about traffic, is how much does it cost to set all of that up? Not very much. I think you can probably do it for a few hundred dollars, maybe. I mean, there are higher end options and there are lower end options, especially when it comes to like something like hosting. You can really spend like a couple of dollars to get something going. When it comes to, uh, I think domains for like twelve dollars a year or something like that for a .com these days. A lot of the most of the theme stuffs. I mean, you can get a free WordPress theme. WordPress itself is free. If you're really on a budget, you probably do this for under $30, I think. And then, yeah, I mean, the, the content itself, if you're writing it yourself, it's free. That only starts to come. I think, I think you should also include, uh, yeah, I mean, like the tools, et cetera, with everything together. I counted around $500 per year. If you want, like, but a tool it, In terms of upfront yeah. costs, like what you pay in month one, though, it's a okay, lot less. Okay, no, it's like month one is like $29 or something like that for a keyboard tool. Yeah. So it's not so bad. Like upfront cost, you're looking at 29 plus like maybe 100 for hosting plus that's it actually. Like the rest you could basically get free. You can get Elementor as a page builder for free. Generate price is free. Yeah. And most of the plugins are free. So yeah, you can for like a hundred, let's say 150, let's round up in case there is maybe the domain, although you get it for free with SiteGround. Yeah, let's say $150 you can start, but then you want to maintain your keyword slash link building tool at least $29 per month for for at least like keyword finder or something like this would be recommended. Mm -hmm. So that's the lowest cost. But like if you want to outsource everything, I think what costs out is outsourcing content, right? Um, yeah. Like if you don't have time to write content, there's many ways to go about that. And once again, we have podcasts about like that go much more in depth. Like each of these topics is like a 45 minutes discussion. So it's hard to really go in depth about that. But Per article, you're going to pay between, let's say, 30 and $75 per article, depending on the quality, who is the writer, what is the topic, etc. It's very hard to tell, depending on that. So we recommend people start websites with like something like 50 articles or something. 50 articles times $30, you're already looking at $1,500 you know, for just the content, plus the tool costs that we mentioned earlier. But if your content is more expensive, et cetera, we believe it can go all the way to three, four thousand dollars actually, yeah. which is like a lot of the, the start. I, I know a lot of people starting with like two thousand, two thousand five hundred, et cetera. So I would say around that. If you're all DIY, you can start for a hundred and fifty dollars, and then twenty nine, twenty nine dollars per month maybe for a tool, and after that, uh, otherwise you can go all the way to four thousand dollars depending on that. So I think that's quite. Yeah, it's not so bad actually. It's it's much cheaper than buying a Bitcoin, I guess. At this point, <laughs> if it doesn't keep crashing. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I wanted to talk about that because I thought it would be interesting to people. Another thing that we are briefly going to talk about right now is how these sites actually get traffic. And there's many ways. There's one that we've mentioned a lot because that's the one we use for stage one is SEO, so ranking in Google. Two, which we use for stage two authority sites is return channels. And return channels and subscribers, they include social media, email subscribers, newsletter, etc. We're also big fans of push notifications. So push notifications, you know, that there's notifications you get both on your desktop and on your phone. Um, 
you know, it was initially just for applications, but now websites can use it. And if you want a free service that can do that, you can use onesignal.com. It's 100% free, so check it out. And we are getting into advertising quite a bit as well. And usually with advertising, if you want to bring people to your site, there's really two aspects of it. One of it is retargeting, which is essentially showing ads to people that have already been on your website, that already know you. And you can retarget people based on specific pages they've seen, etc. And there is cold audience, essentially the people that don't know you. And finally, there's a little bit of traffic that will also come from referrals. So especially as you do your link building and you get people, other sites to link to your site, you do a bit of social media, etc. There's going to be other people referencing your content, linking to you, etc. And that's going to send you a little bit of traffic as well. So that's basically how you get traffic to your site. You start with SEO, you get into return channels, and then you get into advertising and referral will happen naturally over time. Now, I think one thing that our existing subscribers and the people that have been listening to the podcast for a long time is want to hear rather is what is changing in 2018. So for us, I think leveling up in quality is probably the focus of 2018. As we discuss out in January 2018, if you go to healthandmission.com, have a browse around, it's quite probably quite quick before you find a broken page or you know some element which is misplaced or going over the sidebar or something like that. Basically, when we started, we didn't really know what we we're doing. We just had a lot of different kinds of technology, different plugins stacking on top of each other. We we didn't have a designer at all. You know, we either built it ourselves or sort of mis- mishmash of uh, different themes and plugins and page builders. You know, basically, it's a bit of a mess to be honest. The newer sites we've started last year, towards the end of last year, are much cleaner, much slicker, but still, I'd say like a notch off where we where we hoped they would be. Towards the end of last year, we hired a designer, like a proper UI UX designer, and we're redesigning all our sites at the moment. And I think based on the mockups we've seen so far and what we've just started building for Health Ambition, actually, it's going to be a massive step up. And once we have that, because we have that base, I think it's forcing us to also reevaluate our editorial process across all our sites, actually, to make sure the quality is again where it should be. It's kind of like one of these constant battles. Like if you just let things slide and don't really pay much attention to it, there's a natural kind of stagnation and almost decline in quality over time. So you can't have to like keep your sort of finger in the pie, so to speak, to make sure uh, things are always moving up. And I think just the fact that there's many more sites out there and they've all been around for a while as well. Everyone's kind of trying to differentiate themselves now by improving the quality of their site, their user experience, their content, and their engagement, that these sort of things. So yeah, I think the days of sticking a site up and buying a 500 word article off of some text writing service just to leave it for a few years and not do anything and make money off of it are kind of fast disappearing. I mean, you say that, and I'm going to contradict you. That's something we do in that podcast, by the way. We contradict each other, and we have no idea what the other person is going to say. So Mark doesn't say what I'm, doesn't know what I'm going to say. But you, you say that, but at the same time, the site that we built for the authority site system, we haven't touched it for a year now, and it's doing pretty well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but it's, um, it's like all things said, it shouldn't be doing as well as it's doing, but it is. That's something again around online marketing. It's not an exact science, especially like the yeah. SEO side of things is a bit of a black art. I mean, there's definitely things you can do to influence it, but yeah, uh, it, things don't always like turn said, out. Let me give some context, actually. 
Because that site, we built it, I built it in like 10 days. And I built it to show an example of how we build sites. But I wanted to do it in the, the most minimal way possible, just to show people, you know, what's the minimum effective dose. Tim Ferriss talks about that, to actually make sites profitable. And the truth is, we haven't even promoted that website. It was just supposed to be an example, because I assumed that a lot of people would copy it. And, it, and what's funny is that site has literally all number one rankings in Google right now. It gets a lot of traffic and does very, very well, despite being the minimum effective. Those like we put a lot more effort in our other sites. Not saying it's a bad site. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm there has been a lot a more effort. In like our, when you look at it, it's 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 definitely doesn't that the first thing you think is, oh, this is a good site. Uh, you know, <laughs> like when you look at the site, it doesn't like really instill a lot of confidence in the user. Well, that's the point. It was to show the minimum effective dose, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like it's the minimum that you need to be able to make money. And the truth is, it's making money right now. It's ranking really well. For the people that are in the autosay system, you can throw in href and look at it. And uh, it's actually probably a site we'll pick up this year because I'm just surprised how well it's been doing, to be honest. And uh, But I, I think that's... One thing, it's like you need to put a little bit of nuance of, on everything we say in that podcast. I think in general, you're right that the quality is going to be needed, that it's definitely going to, to increase your chances of success a lot. It's going to increase the trust people have in you a lot. Like if we try to start an email list on that authority system site, I would definitely want to revise quite a few things just to make sure that it's it's having enough trust, it's trust from people, etc. So I think level of quality is going to be important. I think in 2018, Tech is going to be more important. Why? Because Google just announced that there's going to be an update for page speed for mobile. So the faster your site is on mobile, the higher it will rank. They did a lot of, they talked a lot about the pop-up update, which didn't do a lot in the end. So we'll see how impactful that is. But it does seem like tech and cleaning up your WordPress setup, etc., is going to be important. Uh, I also think authenticity will be something that's quite important. I personally, I'm starting to walk away from the concept of personas and putting essentially the face of someone else on your website. I would almost maybe prefer talking as a brand and not have a face at all than having a persona probably at this point. It's probably, it's like we haven't decided yet. We're doing a lot of rebranding for a lot of sites right now. So we'll probably decide that this year and probably make a podcast about it when we release the new branding of health ambition to explain maybe what happened there, what we thought about, et cetera, and why we changed things. Uh, but uh, we used to use personas for our websites. I tend to be less inclined to use them right now, at least for the face of the website, for the outreach maybe. I also think affiliate from Amazon is becoming a little bit riskier. So last year, Amazon actually reduced commissions to overall, it's still very profitable. Like most people are still growing and still doing well and nobody had to take a job back or anything like that. But it, they hadn't changed that stuff for a long time. So it's showing that Amazon is willing to change these rules that hadn't been touched for a long time. And I would say that increases the risk a little bit on that side. But on the other side, there are new services for advertising that make advertising a lot more viable. AdSense used to not pay very well, for example, but we've used AdStrive, for example, and Mediavine as well has really good reviews that essentially put ads on your informational content. And the revenue has been really good. It's like, it's not that far from Amazon anymore to the point where we're like, well, it's like actually seeing the risk there is with Amazon, seeing the revenue that from ads that's increasing, maybe producing more of that informational content monetized with advertising, could be a good idea. So yeah, I think in 2018, 
we're probably going to rebalance things to be more advertising revenue, less affiliate revenue just to rebalance things. And there's an also, also an interesting system of monetization that's emerging that a, an HPro member has been showing me. It's, uh, there is a marketplace for retargeting pixels that's, that's opening up right now. There's actually several where you can essentially let other companies show ads, but not on your site, anywhere else on the internet, to the people that visited specific pages on your site so they can target very specific topics. And that's a great opportunity for informational sites. Let's imagine you have an article about, like, I don't know, about hair loss or something, and then a hair loss product company can buy access to the audience that visited that page and show advertising to them all around the internet. And I think that's going to be worth a lot of money eventually. And the people that own these kind of information articles will probably make pretty good money. What I personally want to work on in 2018, which a lot of people have asked me, so I'm going to say it quickly, is one, I want to learn how to use Facebook ads to actually get these audiences go much faster than just using SEO. We are going to work a lot on funnels, so probably rewrite quite a bit about this on the blog. I know I want Perrin to start working on that stuff, so I'm going to ask him to write about this. I think automation of people is something we're very interested in and that we're probably going to write about this here as well. So uh, standard operating procedures, I know you've done a podcast already, Mark, etc. And also uh, better audience engagement. I think that if you want to be an authority, you need to be in people's mind. And in pe like You need to be here everywhere on every channel. So like Facebook page, email, etc. And I feel like the model we've done so far is good, but the term, in terms of like broadcast emails, etc., we can still improve it. So I think we'll be able to talk quite a bit about that as well. So uh, we talked a lot about SEO last year, and I feel like unless there's major changes to SEO, like we've got mostly figured out. I mean, if you check the links to Help Ambition, I think we built like 3,000 Ninky root domains last year or something, something like a lot with very minimal stuff. So SEO is handled, I think. Apart from maybe like on-page SEO, which we have a big guide coming and, and optimization of text, etc. But otherwise, we are probably going to talk a lot about monetization this year. That's probably what we're going to talk about. So that's basically all we had, I think, for that podcast today. Did you have any last words of wisdom, Mark? No, I didn't. I mean, I think we, we, we covered all. Just if you like what you heard and you want to learn more about this stuff, tune in every week to the Authority Hacker Podcast. We release one every Monday. And our goal is to, uh, to do so every Monday this year. Are we going to yes. do this? I mean, from, now, from uh, now on, we definitely are. I also wanted to say this one was a very general one, but usually the podcast episodes tend to be a lot more precise on one very narrow topic. So uh, next week will be quite different, I'm sure. So if you want us to zoom into very specific parts of online business, that's what you'll get mostly on that podcast. If you want more content right now, you can go on authorityhacker.com and we have a free webinar with Perrin where we show all the tactics we used to build a site called hiphop.com. And eventually that site was sold for over $200,000. So thank you for joining and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.